Alright legends, welcome along to another episode of Skim Me Up Body. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, aka Here's Rodders. So go and check out that uh, internet handle on YouTube and you'll discover a couple of channels there. One review channel and one vlog channel. So if you want to get to know me, uh, probably the best way to do it would be the vlog channel. So here's Rodders Vlog, so go check that out. If you fancy it, if not, it's all grand too. We're here now to talk about Star Trek, and we're in this episode we're getting into uh, Discovery season one, episode eight. Um, I will probably butcher the title of this. Seviz Pakem Parabellum. Now that is probably the completely wrong pronunciation of that, but uh, my England isn't so good, and even at that, that's not England. So uh, that translates to, from what I can figure out, if you want peace, prepare for war. So uh, that's Latin, and uh, yeah, this is a a great little episode. It kind of breaks off slightly to like an away mission so there's not so much on the discovery itself in this episode even though it does open up in a very tasty fight in space where the Klingons are now uh, they've got their cloaking technology it's starting to get from the, the ship of the dead uh, any of the houses that's fallen under the, the reign of call is it you call him? Um, yes, he has taken over the ship of the dead, of course. And anybody that falls under his banner, you know, uh, swears allegiance to him, he's going to give them the technology to cloak their ships. So at the beginning of the episode, there's the Federation is getting its ass handed to them by the Klingons, and there's a ship under attack. And the discovery drops out of, I was going to say warp there, but it, of course it jumps under the, the battle. And uh, they're fighting, trying to protect the ship. But ultimately, it gets destroyed. And discovery has to jump out of the battle. Uh, the Klingons are getting the upper hand of the Federation at the beginning of this episode. So we discover... Pretty much what I just said there, you know, uh, uh, one of the admirals comes on and he's talking to the captain. He's like, you know, our intelligence has been proven correct, and uh, the Klingons are getting the the cloaking technology, and we have to uh, do something about this. And the mission on Pavo that's currently happening. With uh, Taylor and Burnham and Saru are on the planet. This planet, everything on it vibrates and makes a noise. And you know, it's like the, the voice of the planet. And there's even this huge natural antenna on the surface of the planet that's like beaming the sound out into space. So they're there to try and. Uh, harness this antenna to uh, use it as like a sonar that will ultimately show up where the cloaked vessels are 
So, uh, you know, like a lot of things in Star Trek Discovery, set way, way before the original series and the next generation and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, some of the stuff that they are dealing with in these episodes probably won't succeed as in, you know, we get onto later shows like you know, there's cloaking technology, the Federation couldn't crack it, so obviously this isn't going to work. But uh, you take it for what it is. It's a new show, it's telling a story set before the stuff we already know. So, you know, you just take it for what it is, you jump onto the journey and you enjoy it, or maybe you won't enjoy it, but you know, each to their own. But it's you know, you can't keep telling the same stories over and over again uh, as much as we do enjoy that. And, uh, you know, there's there's a conversation in this episode between Burnham and Tyler that uh, was a little bit of fan service for Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan and The Search for Spock, where they had the conversation about, you know, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few but sometimes the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many uh, so that happened in this episode and I'm just kind of like yep little easter egg a little bit of fan service there for the the fans of the franchise but again as I've said in previous episodes you know I enjoy a bit of fan service but you know there's, there's a certain point where you're just like cut it out if you're going to tell new stories tell new stories and stop relying so much on the legacy of the show um, but that's just me um, I do appreciate a bit of fan service here and there but you know you can overdo it at times anyway on this planet it's um, as far as Burnham, Tyler and Suri are concerned it's uninhabited and the grass, the trees, make this noise, you've got this antenna and whatnot so there on the planet's surface to get there to doctor this antenna for the good of the, the Federation. But um, while they're walking, we get to find out a little bit more about Suru's culture, who they are. Uh, it's, of course, they were pretty much bred for eating more or less and they have this ability to uh, sense danger and whatnot and you know they do comment about Saru being so quick at trying to get to this you know take your time it's a nice planet enjoy the scenery and whatnot but Saru having these higher uh, you know senses the the sound of the planet is tormenting them basically and uh there it's going to take a certain amount of time to get to this antenna they were like 20 kilometers or whatever when they landed her beam town and sure you could do it in a few minutes and uh burnham comments that you know when they're uh, his species are running from alpha predators, you know, they've been clocked up to like 70 kilometres an hour, you know, so he can run incredibly fast compared to them. And that comes into play later in the episode, but we eventually discover that there is life on this planet, it's like an energy life form, and 
it's kind of connected to the planet. It doesn't register as a life form in the tricorders, but it is a sentient intelligence, and it changes the parameters of this current mission to like a first contact protocol, and uh, they have to follow the procedure. Uh, Burnham's like, we can't touch this antenna now unless this life form agrees to it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we get into some real tasty, classic, first contact sort of scenario on the planet. And Saru, at one point, uh, falls in love with this planet. Uh, He realises that this creature, or these creatures, aren't a threat, because if they were he would be the first to realise it with his heightened senses. So uh, throughout the episode, he ends up uh, kind of turning, well not kind of turning, he actually does turn on Burnham and Tyler at one point. Uh, he makes that deeper connection to this planet that it's the first time in his life he hasn't felt any fear. His species are bred to fear everything for the sake of survival, because, you know, again, they were bred for food, essentially, on their home planet, and, um, yeah, so he connects that tight to this planet and the, the beings that are there, that he goes super protective, and he wants to keep the, the Federation out of the planet and not harness this natural antenna, because... In his mind, if they do this, it's going to put the planet uh, on the radar of the Klingons. The Klingons will come, hurt them, maybe destroy the planet and whatnot. So he uh, basically turns on Burnham and Tyler coming up towards the end of the episode and uh, destroys their communicators and whatnot and tries to stay, basically, and he's like, you know, in time... Your senses will change and you'll realise how peaceful and happy we could be here and whatnot. So that's essentially what happens with them on the planet. Uh, the only other thing in the episode is uh, back on Discovery. Uh, you're starting to see some side effects to the uh, the jump and the, the effects that it's having on uh, Stan Metz. So he, after the the jump to get out of that battle at the beginning of the episode, he comes out and Tully is there and he's like, well, what are you doing here, Captain? Um, he's confused and starting to mess with his mind and whatnot. And Tully's like, well, you just call me Captain? And uh, he slips back into his old ways of being just crotchety and angry. And he's like, no. Why the hell would I say something they got there? Are you so bored here that you're going to start making up stories and stupid shit they got there? But Tully later on tackles him in the mess hall, asks him what's going on, and he's like, you know, it's starting to get worrying now, but I can't say anything because it's going to get uh, his lover, the doctor, into trouble because they're pretty much messing about with uh, genetics here. And it's not something that's legal, what they're doing, really. So he's caught between 
doing what's best for himself physically, mentally, medically, whatever. And the fact that he doesn't want to get his lover and the trouble. Um, so that pretty much covers what's going on on Discovery and the episode. Um, that's going to be interesting to see where this goes. It's been a long time since I watched the whole of season one here. I know where it's going. I know r- roughly, like I've watched the season once whenever it first aired, but uh, that's a long time ago now. Um, back on the the ship of the dead, uh, we do have a situation where Cornwell is there as a prisoner and uh, Laurel turns up knowing that she's there and she goes to call and says, you know, she wants to bring her house and under his command and she doesn't swear allegiance to him, but she offers her house to be part of his empire, essentially. And he, of course, knows that she's, you know, her loyalties lie, or at least they did lie at one point with the the original set up in the Klingon Empire that he's currently overthrown and he doesn't trust her as far as he can throw her but he asks her, you know, what can you offer? You know, just you know, coming here and saying you want to offer your house to my empire it's not enough, what else have you got? And she's like, you know, it's my skills as an interrogator I know you've got a prisoner here that uh, you need to get information from, which of course is Admiral Cornwell. Uh, so she goes to torture for information, but tricks the Klingon guard outside whenever she goes on. She tells Cornwell to scream, and as far as the, the guard is concerned, you know, Laurel's in there doing her job, tormenting the human for information, but uh, Laurel actually says, you know, I want to uh, turn, I want to get away from the Klingons, I want to defect, and you know, I'll help you escape. So, that plan does start within this episode. They're about to get to Laurel's ship, to escape the ship of the dead, and head off towards Discovery and the Federation. Um, but they are discovered and their escape plan. So uh, thinking on their feet, they start to fight each other. Um, Lorel seems to kill Cornwell in this episode, which obviously she doesn't. But uh, you know they have to play the part of Cornwell trying to escape and Lorel fighting her down. Because she knows if she lets... Cornwell fall into the hands of the other Klingons, they definitely will kill her. So she lifts Cornwell, throws her into the, the wall, and there's like an electric shocks going through her and whatnot, explosions and whatnot. So it does look like she's been killed in the episode. And Laurel tells the Klingons, I'll get rid of the body. And she drags her down to where they would dispose of the bodies, you know, stick them into their sarcophaguses and put them on the outside of the ship. And when she goes in there, she sees a lot of dead bodies of 
people from her house, people she knows, people she cared about, people that were loyal to her, and she was loyal to them, so she decides at the end of the episode she's going to take out, call herself. Um, Cornwell is still unconscious. Lorel leaves her in the room, heads up to the bridge and offers full allegiance to call but uh, and he accepts puts his colours in her face and then tells her that do you really think we would you know let you away with your treachery so it looks like she's going to get executed by her own kind at the end of the episode um, at the, the very end of the episode uh, back on the planet uh, Burnham has used Tyler to trick her way out to get to the antenna to finish the mission and through realises what's happening and then you get to see the super speed run he turns into the flash at the end of the episode and off he goes to confront Burnham at the transmitter um the thing that he likes about this, these beings that live on this planet, are that they are all about balance, and that's their thing, is to try and bring balance to everything. And their their whole life, they've been trying, they've been using this transmitter to try and reach out under the stars for other people to know them, and for them to know other people. So they're very. I don't want to say they're very basic, but what they need and what they thrive on in life is basic. It's just like complete another balance. And this is what Saru is actually trying to protect uh, when he turned on Burnham and Tyler. And at the end of the episode, they're sort of fighting the bit out at the antenna. And then the energy beams turn up with uh, Tyler. They sort of just beam him to the location and he just appears out of thin air and essentially these creatures you know Burnham tells him you know we need to do this uh, the Klingons are going to be completely unstoppable unless we can use this transmitter to let us see where their ships is at and it seems that the, the creatures agree and Saru is devastated at the fact that the, the creatures have agreed to the the plan of action that the Federation brought with them for this antenna and at that the Discovery gets in contact and beams the three of them back to the ship so there's a moment there where there's a bit of a, a heartfelt moment between Saru and Burnham and Saru's like you know it's that's the first time ever, like as I said before, that he's never felt afraid. And it's just, he was just in love with the planet, essentially. But then, the shocker at the end of the episode is the creatures, when they agreed, Burnham and Tyler and Suri, of course, thought that, you know, the creatures actually activated the antenna with the Starfleet equipment and they just assumed really that the, the creatures just haven't agreed to what the Federation needed 
actually did what the Federation wanted. But again, their needs and what they stand for is complete balance. And what they got from the away team essentially was there's two warring factions here that are completely out of balance. So the solution that these creatures have for what's going on between the Federation and the Klingons is to not use the transmitter to show the Federation where these cloaked ships are at, but actually invite the Klingons to the planet so that the Federation and the Klingons can actually talk to each other. So this is where the episode closes out. They're in major, major trouble. And the, it's the ship that's coming to intercept this transmission from the planet is not just any old Klingon starship. It's the actual ship of the dead, the flipping granddaddy of the Klingon Empire is on its way to this planet and the only thing to stand between the planet and these creatures and the creature's safety or the life form, whatever you want to call them, is the discovery. So it closes out there. It's a great, great little episode. And, you know, I, I was trying my damnedest to get through this a lot quicker in this episode because it was actually last night's episode or Tuesday night's episode, sorry. Uh, prior episode of this one here I was talking Star Trek Picard and that episode ran to 56 minutes I think something ridiculous I got there the, the podcast about the episode was actually longer than the actual episode itself so I'm trying to consci- consciously keep these episodes to about 20 to 25 minutes long so we're going good for this one um Star Trek Discovery, I have to say, I'm enjoying it a hell of a lot more this time than I did the first time around. Uh, for me, to kind of go over some older ground again, if, you, if this is your, happens to be your first episode, I kind of firmly believe at this point, anyway, it's changing slightly for me now, but I kind of feel that, um, I think that one of the first episodes I did in this, this show was the fact of Star Trek, old Star Trek versus new Star Trek. You know, where do you stand at? Uh, I think for the longest time, whenever Discovery came out at the beginning, uh, it was kind of you were either in one or the other. You were kind of you were either classic Star Trek all the way or new Star Trek all the way. And you know, if, if you're an old guy like me that grew up with like I was what I was like 10 11 years old whenever the next generation first came on TV and of course I grew up watching reruns of the original series so and the movies loved the movies so I was big into uh, and it's weird to actually talk about the next generation and refer to it as classic Star Trek now because as you know right now we're in the new generation of Star Trek, the new shows and new series, and it is slightly different than the older stuff. So, for me, I don't know, I'm starting to sway slightly here, I'm starting to get that balance between the two now, but for the longest time, I was all about the the older shows. Um, And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed 
Discovery first time around, but it just didn't pull me in quite as well as the older shows did. But now, as we're progressing through and they're, the new, new storytellers are starting to find their feet, uh, I am starting to enjoy it a lot more. Now, as far as Discovery goes, I am caught up to the end of season three. I haven't started season four yet because I thought to myself, okay, uh, I think for the sake of this podcast it'll be better whenever I'm actually uh, recording a show about an actual episode that I've literally only watched before I sat down to record. So uh, I'm holding off on Star Trek Discovery season four, but I am going to get there. So... um that's going to do it for this episode. I uh, hope it didn't go too, too many times in this episode. I hope it didn't go, um, you know, uh-huh. you know, I'm still trying to get my head around actually keeping the, the air alive on the show and not doing those stupid little, you know, there's another one, you know, saying that all the time. Um, and um. Right there again. Gosh, right, I'm talking nonsense now. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please write and review the show. Share it along with anybody you think would be interested in it. And we'll be back here in a couple of days' time with uh, a little review on the original series of Star Trek. So right now, we're jumping between three episodes a week. Uh, we're going to be doing the Picard and then followed up by Discovery, and then the original series. So that'll be a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a... I'm sorry, a Tuesday, a Thursday, and a Saturday should be the uploads of this podcast. All been well, that's the plan. So here's hoping that I can make it happen. So guys, whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing it safe, and I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.